0: What's the best piece of advice you could give someone to get through the weekend we just had? Well, the best piece of advice I could give right now, and this may cut a little deep, but I'm sorry, would be that if I just walked out of a quote-unquote massage parlor in my white Bentley, and the Popos pulled me over immediately, which turns out it was just simply to make a visual recognition of who they were pulling over and then let off. I wouldn't go back the next day.
1: Hello, hello, everyone. My name is John Edwards. With me, as always, is Zeke Baker. And together, we make the dad's drinking bourbon. Wherever you are... Whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. Say hello to the folks, Zeke Baker. Aloha. What a weekend we had. We had a weekend? We did. It's the one weekend a year. I feel like it's Dad's Drinking Bourbon Summer Camp. The one weekend out of the year that we get a pass to kind of do some bourbon stuff back to back. You got to send me some pictures of this then. I did. Uh Oh, they're, they're up on our Facebook page, uh, <laughs> but for those of you that, that were not following Friday night, we got to go to an event, and it was put on by Lauren Simpson, for Roses, to benefit Special Ops Excursions, please go ahead and check them out. We're going to have Scott, who runs Special Ops Excursions, he'll be on the show sometime. We're going to talk to him a little bit more, but what they do is they take active duty service members... And they allow them to have weekend experiences, whether or not they're going hunting. They could be spending time with Nashville songwriters. They could just be getting away. They try to make sure that they don't have phones and TVs and things like that, that they're just taking a break from active duty and going and doing something really fun. Uh, so really, really, really happy to have gone to that event to benefit them. Really happy to know Scott, the guys over at Special Ops Excursions. We're gonna have Mon and drink bourbon with them sometime. Well, it's, it's really family oriented too, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very family oriented, and it gives, but it gives our 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 active duty service members the ability to kind of just get out of that military mode and get into relaxation and,
0: and get away from the ties of
1: you know electronics. Yeah, you know, also, things.
0: looping the family in and. Not going off the grid, so to speak, but yeah, you, you're there, your family, and that's your primary focus as it should be. And it just really allows for some amazing times.
1: But check them out Special Ops Excursions X as an X ray, C U R S I O N S. See, I did that military uh, alphabet for you right there, but it was an amazing event, Zeke. I mean, we went. We took buses up from Nashville with a bunch of our friends. I can't believe all the stuff that was being poured there. I can't believe all the stuff that was sold at auction there. There was every single limited edition small batch that was raffled off. Every single Four Roses limited edition small batch, including Secretariat. Al Young was in there. The ones in addition to the regular yearly small batches were
0: in there. Lauren knows how to pull it in. Yeah, that was a raffle. To that point, that just speaks volumes as to how many people now are aware of the event, how much he really puts into contributing. And, you know, I'm sure some of those bottles are his, but at the same time, countless bottles are donated by people. Simply because they understand how much of a greater good it's doing and how much it impacts not only the the special ops excursions, but the bourbon community just rallies so hard behind it. I mean, there's other NPO type groups and and charity functions that go on throughout the year. This year, it was just over the top. It, It was amazing.
1: And it's one of those things where you sit there and you go, I can't believe all of the different people and all the different bourbon groups that are together in one roof, sharing pores, laughs, catching up with each other. People come in from all around. There's all different bourbon groups there. There's all different people you see on the boards all the time. It was just a hell of an event. So Lauren, thank you for putting that together. Scott, thank you for everything you do at special ops excursions. And we can't
0: wait until next year's. You know, last year, You were able to, like, we were able to make the rounds and you're talking to people and then you see other people you recognize or know, whether you've met them before, it's from the boards and you want to do the face-to-face thing. This year, I mean, there were so many people and you you just could not get to them. Oh, yeah. I remember countless times, like, you know, I'm talking to somebody and then I see two or three other people pass by, you know, Oh, I need to go talk to that person. I need to say, Hey, to that guy. You know, need to shake that guy's hand and say, Hey, and, and, it wasn't physically possible. I mean, you could not do it. There were no. just that many wonderful people there.
1: I was surprised for a second. Brent Elliott was just kind of hanging around, looking at the bottles. I went up I talked to him for a few. And then I think somebody was like, why is this dumbass talking to Brent? So then a bunch of people <laughs> went and saved him. The group came very quickly after I found Brent. But it was great to even just hang out, say hi to him, tell him thank you for everything he does. It was just awesome. And then to cap that off, we get back Saturday night at the house we're in right now, Zeke's Airbnb. We had our Dad's Drinking Bourbon third annual anniversary party. If you've seen the pictures, it was a bottle share. Everybody brought something over. It was a lot of the guys that were in town for Friday night came over here. We probably had about 60 to 80 people at Zeke's house, and it was way too much Next year we're probably going to have to do it someplace else because it's getting that big, but the people that came here after it was just awesome. There were people that came in out of town they didn't even know about Lauren's event. People came in from out
0: of town just to go to our stupid anniversary party. In a nutshell, it was simply what we enjoy the most. And yeah, there were some great fun bottles on the table. A few folks brought in some pretty interesting ringers here and there. end of the day, it it's just that face to face, because so much of the community is online, and it's what it is. And but those moments when you're all together and everybody's passing bottles around, and what do you think about this? What do you think about that? Or Evit. it's just good bourbon. But then it, you know, it's just such a a memorable experience and, and a good time that not much equates to these days.
1: Absolutely, we love the community. We love sharing pours with people. I think. That's one of our favorite things to do every year is that bottle share. We wish we could do more of them. Sometimes our nights out on the weekends are few and far between. So we have to plan this out very, very early. A lot of times we try to have it coincide with Lauren's event because we know people are going to be in town. And it's hard for other people to come in all the time, too. So we just lucked out on that. And then Sunday, we got to do something super cool as well. A group of us, Legacy, decided to get a bunch of people around the country to send in Four Roses picks. We got an OESK barrel from Four Roses on Thursday that had just been dumped, so it was still wet. And we went and filled that barrel up on Sunday with a bunch of different store picks or private picks. We had all 10 recipes we put in there everybody put in a certain number of bottles they wanted to get back out and we just
0: refilled that barrel we're going to let it sit and see what happens right yep the plan is to uh, let it ride till roughly around halloween give it a full summer and um dump give it a taste dump it back out see what we got completely a non pretentious no hopes and dreams of the Miraculous Unicorn, our good friend Rick Brew would say, purely shits and giggles. That's yeah. all this was, was, hey, let's just have some fun. Let's dump a bunch of Four Roses picks in the barrel. Let it age for a summer. Redump it. Redistribute the bottles. Hopefully not much of a loss. Just see what comes of it and give everybody something to talk and have a good time around. Plenty of folks all have picks that... We're looking forward to drinking and may or may not get to drinking one day. And this was just an easy means of sending a bottle. We're going to have some fun. And a
1: lot of people, when we did this, a lot of people came out and reached out and said, why? And the only thing I'll say back to it, and I know we've been rambling, but the only thing I'll say back to this is why not? Shits and giggles. Bourbon is fun. Bourbon's supposed to be fun. It gives us and our friends all sorts of things to talk about. And now we're going to be talking about it for a whole summer. Saying, "What do you think is going on with it? You think anything's changing? You think we should go shake it up a little bit? Should we move it? You know, there's all sorts of things." But we did talk to distillers about this before we did it. A few of us that were on Four Roses picks bugged Brent, and we we tried to get his input before we actually did this about what recipes. He would put more in. What would would he put less in and why? This wasn't something, I mean, it shits and giggles, but we did try to put a little bit of science to it. So that being said, lots of awesome stuff happened. If we got to see you this weekend, thank you. If we didn't get to see you this weekend, please come back next year. So I just want to say we did take the bus up to Clarksville to go to Lauren's Whiskey event. I took the half-light flask from High Camp Flask. We were on the bus. Everybody was sharing pours. Now, this fit 375 milliliters in the metal flask. It's really cool because it actually has the flask and it comes with the tumbler. We also have the 750 milliliter flask, but I didn't want to carry too much, so I had this half-light flask. Thing is super, super cool because it has that no-drip lip. I knew when Zeke... Bumped into me on the bus. It wasn't going to fall over. It wasn't going to go anywhere. I just liked having it because it looks cool, too. It has that, like, six-shooter tumbler. Kind of looks like a bullet when you put it together, but it has that locking system. The the thing with that locking system, it's kind of like, uh you know that Heaven Hill 27? The wooden box that goes around it? <laughs> but the tumbler locks into place onto the flask just like that Heaven Hill 27 uh, box does well for clarity.
0: I have the Tumblr, not the Heaven Hill Twenty Seven.
1: Yeah, neither one. Of- <laughs> no, we've seen it. I mean, we played around with the Heaven Hill Twenty Seven box. We just didn't actually
0: have it. But no, you did good with that. I was proud of you.
1: They have it on Kickstarter right now, so we'll we'll go ahead and put up a link for everybody who's listening, but you can find them at HighCampFlask.com. They also have a link to their Kickstarter. You can also find them on Instagram at Flasks If you're on the go, if you're going camping, fishing, you're in a bus ride with a bunch of people going to a whiskey event, you're traveling for work and you want something you can put in your suitcase and have a checked bag and not worrying about glass breaking, it's really good for a lot of different uses. Let's get into what we're actually talking about today because... Finally, son. I'm thirsty. Today, we have the Barrel Craft Spirits 15-Year-Old Bourbon. It's a blend of Tennessee, Indiana, and Kentucky bourbons. It's 52.55% ABV, 105.1 proof. The price is $220 to $250.00. This is the oldest barrel since batch nine, which was 13 years. So this is a 15-year, but the closest thing to it was a 13-year in batch nine. Okay. So where do we go from here? Well, we taste it. See what we think about it. So we have been tasting. I know while I talk, you always do a a good tasting of it while I ramble on
0: and on and on. So what do you get on this one? uh, Truly, there's nothing better than your ramble and allowing me ample time to kill half a bottle or something some days. I do what I can. MSP would be proud of you. Yeah. With great power comes great responsibility.
1: I'm not sure where the ramble factors into that. I have the power of rambling to give you time to do (laughs) things. That's irresponsible. That's not irresponsible. It's, It's allowing you space to do what you do best, and that is drink and tell us about whiskey so tell us about this whiskey
0: all right mr barrel 15 nose was cornmeal batter then on the similar thought process if anyone's ever had cornbread where they do like a 50 50 of cornmeal plus like jiffy it, it was that kind of note with the corn and the sweet and kind of the sugar tossed all in there Fair amount of alcohol comes off of it throughout as a similar theme, dancing back to the corn. It seemed to me like uh, warm, creamed corn, where obviously, you know, good southern folks throw in a, a hefty amount of butter. And this also had more than a few pinches of sugar tossed in there. And then a little bit I did pick up as a nuance was the rye kind of kicked up once or twice, and I equated it to almost a, a, a cream de mint flavor. You know what that is? We use it as flavor in the store, so sorry for me going pharmacy for once, but it just really stood out as creme de menthe with that little rye kick. Creme de menthe. Creme de menthe. I'm the druggist. The
1: alcoholic version of it is creme de menthe.
0: You call me an alcoholic? No. Okay. <laughs> Palette-wise, my first note says F and Dickel. I stand behind that. I'll at least elaborate on what I mean. It had some big rye heat, big Artificially flavored, too much corn profile. And I'm not saying that this product is artificially flavored. It's just with most dickles that I've ever tasted, the corn is just in such a, it's presented in such a way, it's like some funky artificially flavored cereal or something. I don't know. I mean, it's weird. It's unique bird. Towards the back end, it really got bitter and seemed parching. I have had this uh, at least two or three times before tonight. And uh, I wondered if, since this was a sample and we've had it for, you know, a little bit of time, with air similar to some other blends that we've had from various places, a lot of blends, especially when you're using juices from more than one source or mash bill, etc., they really seem, uh, you know, to fall apart and get weak. As the air works on them, and and that was you know really what I kind of got out of this was that that bitter and parching I'd never picked up before, but it's definitely there. Moving on towards a finish, just because it was different, I wanted to list it, but it walked away, just leaving a a rice singe and a parchment that um, was just drying and off putting. I mean that with the corn, it. Wasn't a whole lot to write home about, mama. So I have a big problem.
1: And my big problem is is that I had this one at Nashville Whiskey Festival and absolutely loved it. When I left the Nashville Whiskey Festival, I went, holy shit, that barrel 15 was really, really, really good. And I think there's a whole number of factors that we have to talk about here in the sense of how we did get this in a sample, it was in a Boston Round. There are variants that you were talking about with the air. Whatever it was, when I had it that night out of the bottle, I thought it was amazing. Well, how much had you had? Not much. I was in work mode. I was had the recorder there. I was getting interviews. I was talking to people. I was networking for us. I was All right. So work mode was on. Palette was off. Maybe. Lisa it wasn't broken. Well, you know. I mean, if you're in work mode, what well, you got? Oh, that's great. Thanks. Keep moving. No, but it wasn't. We actually... I was with James. We actually stayed and talked to Joe for a long time. Was anything you had that night bad? Yes. I won't name names, but there was it, some bad It took stuff. you a while
0: to decide that.
1: No. I was going through the up and down of each aisle, and there was more than one thing that was bad that
0: night. Because there, there is, uh, you know, quote-unquote experience mode to where... You get around, you know, certain groups, certain people have a few pours, etc. And, and your body becomes more of this is a great experience and you focus less on what you're actually drinking. I mean,
1: no, because I mean, I did get to have Old Forester Birthday Bourbon that night. I had the Wild Turkey Revival that night. It was a great experience, but those were very special pours. I thought the barrel was a very special pour and then the rest of it was more experience.
0: Well, let's see how much uh, you stand behind that experience. What I would say was the nose, and we did actually
1: nose this and take a nip out of the sample bottle. I do think it changed a lot from the sample bottle to the Glen. The nose was a little bit off putting out of the sample bottle, but that could be a whole host of factors. Once you actually put it in the Glen Karen, I got heavy marshmallow, slight mint, little bit of pepper, slight hints of chocolate, but also a hint of varnish. There was a a varnish component to this one that was in there as well, the longer it was sitting. The taste, I said, it's not dickle corn. I didn't get dickle corn on this. I think the blend kind of masked any corn notes that I might've got, but there's a bitterness to it. There's an oak, tannins, leather, bitterness to it when when you're actually sipping on it, that it's hard. It was more so than I thought I would get. I got mint, chocolate, marshmallow with slight caramel vanilla component. That was underlying behind that oak, tannins, leather. I said the finish was long with oak and tannins lingering, some chocolate too, but there was almost a singy component In the finish as well Where it wasn't like a a smooth linger It was You know know it had been there
0: Well I don't think you ever have to worry about me uh, Eating a s'more fixed by John Edwards (laughs) It wasn't a s'more I think
1: The tough part for me is that If that bitterness wasn't there And that's where I'm really Racking my brain And I'm just trying to be honest That the ingredients are there It's just whether or not, like, was that bitterness, did that have anything to do with the fact that we had a sample of it, opposed to what I had on Nashville Whiskey
0: Festival? I'm just saying, if you got marshmallows and chocolate, uh, I've never had a marshmallow or a chocolate that tasted anything like this. Did you eat out-of-date shit when you were a kid? Was it expired? I ate a lot of shit when I was a kid. Well, I'm sure. But but was it out-of-date? No, I was pretty good at not eating out-of-date stuff. I mean, I've had some rough, like hard marshmallows at times, but by no means did I get either one of those notes or or mallow. (laughs) I edit you. You say marshmallow. Yeah, say marshmallow or also just say mallow, like pecan versus pecan. I think there are
1: parts that could really, really, really be good. I just can't get past
0: that bitterness. It's confusing me. Uh, Clearly, because I don't know what you think as far as parts of this that could be really, really, really good. Other than, you know, mixing it with soda or doing a flaming banana or something. No, I mean, I think different palettes. Well, to that note, we obviously knew we were going to have a sample of this and do some tastings here. And I'll, I'll give a Cliff Notes version here. Our good friend, Mike Hines, is a good friends with Walt, the owner of Radnor Wine and Spirits here in town. And he said, hey, man, you know, Walt wants you to come by the store sometime. He sees you and John, you know, pushing Carruthers and Elixir a lot. And he said, hey, you know, i got some good stuff, too. So I said, yeah, we're equal opportunity is just where we, we've always been. We whatever's up. good. You know, we, we have no bias, honestly. So he and I meet over there one day. We're going to, there's a Cuban restaurant in the same strip mall. So we're going to grab some lunch. So we go in, shoot the breeze. There's a couple of pics coming up. And we talk about dates and times and, you know, hopefully we can get in together and be part of that and, you know, do some things. Did After- you show up in a white Bentley? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, well part of me it looks like I got a Bentley. I got two kids, son. After lunch, we're messaging this and whatever. Then he just starts laughing. Hey, man, Walt just sent me a message. He really wants you to come by and try his dickle pick. Obviously, I laughed pretty hard at this. Like, he knows I'm not a big dickle fan, right? And by not a big dickle fan, I mean pretty much almost not at all. But coincidentally enough, and sorry if this being somewhat long, but a coworker had given me a gift certificate to Radner last year, which I had yet to use. So I think, all right, at least it's not my money. I'm okay buying a dickle when I'm not really the one paying for it. <laughs> so I pick it up, bring it home, crack it open. Immediately, honestly, laughing hard as I can, message John and Mike, y'all ain't going to believe this shit. Waltz nickels ain't bad at all. It's almost not even Dickel. Which got some pretty funny responses to that. Uh, told John, like, we have to put this up side by side here with uh, the barrel 15. At least give it a, uh, a fair comparison at... You know, a simple store pick, been sitting on the shelf for more than a minute. I think it's 40 bucks or so versus 250 for this blend. You know, just try to discern how, how different, similar, or or which one might be better.
1: Absolutely fair. I guess I'll go first because you always say I make you go
0: first. Well, I mean, I messaged you when I cracked the bottle saying we need to put this up against the barrel 15. So clearly that's a, a lead here, so let's see what you got. Nose, I got baked cookies, mint, trace of
1: floral, but it may be one of the better dickle noses that I've actually smelled. I can't get over that baked cookies component to it, but it was really good. The taste was caramel, chocolate, fruit, spice tingle, mint. It drinks easy, but it tingles like I had Pop Rocks. And then I wrote, where's the corn? because I didn't really get that corn profile on this. The finish I just said was medium.
0: Fair enough. Getting a lot of notes these days. Dancing around a lot. Is that good or bad? I don't know. You have been watching Riverdance or something? No. I feel like you're one of those guys just kicking their legs and moving all over the floor. No. I'm trying to really
1: uh, hone in on the
0: different things that I get in there. <laughs> My simple notes, somewhere between... Tricks on the nose, tricks and Captain Crunch Berries. I haven't had that in forever, but you know, both have a very unique, funny sweetness to it. It's admittedly artificial, but especially that Captain Crunch Berries, because there's that weird, funky, artificial Captain Crunch sweet within, like you did mention floral, but that little bit of berry behind it. Yeah. I haven't eaten that in forever, but that's what popped up in my head just strong as could be, like, what I mean, I wish I had something to eat, but oh well. Other thing I thought of was uh some of the Pillsbury biscuits from the can, you know, you pop open. Oh man, the the grandes. I, I don't know which one, but there's one variety they have. And and again, it's a fake sweetener, but this is the nose. That that hits it right on. I don't know what it is. I want to go get one just because I want some biscuits, but... But you know what I mean? Yeah. They have something that, that when these come out of the oven or when, you, even when you're you pulling them off and putting them on the, the this baking sheet, that that weird artificial <coughs> sweet, this is at 110%. percent Palette wise it has a, a fair rye heat to begin with. The corn kicked in at the back just a little. But all in all, I, I felt it just worked up as a really interesting rye profile. I, I know this isn't... Rye dominant, but to me, that's one of the more interesting things about dickel is that simply compared to most people, almost all of their mashes are low rye, but the rye they have, it kicks hard. (laughs) Even more of an anomaly, the corn they have is not like any corn I taste in anyone else's bourbon. So how they have the most unique rye and corn grains. I'm not sure. But would you get this one again? Would I buy it again? I mean, if I had a friend that said, hey, I really like Dickel, I would say this is a pick to go to. I mean, people always tell me or us or whatever, there's some really good Dickel picks. And I think both of us always have the comeback of, yeah, where? Well, and the conversation usually tells off. I'll admit, this This is not bad for Dickel. I'm much more forgiving to Dickel than you are,
1: I think, because I've had Dickel picks that I really like. I, I love Dickel 17. I wish it had a little bit higher proof on it, but there are aspects of Dickel that I enjoy opposed
0: to you. Well, the first step is admittance. I'll, I'll say to the the bigger point, even though the, the Barrel 15 is a blend of. Three different distillates from three different states. Clearly, the dickel dominates the profile, and we don't we don't know the percents to it. I think, especially regarding some blends that you know we've done on our own, just tinkering around. There are some things that you know they just leach, or you know they're almost cancerous at times. No matter the volume you put in the blend, and I, I feel like that's the the thing here with the barrel fifteen. Not knowing how much is in there, but I feel like either way, once that, that profile is inserted into the mix, you just can't get around certain notes. No, that's fair enough. So what's your final verdict
1: then? I mean, my final verdict... Let's do barrel 15 first. What's your final
0: verdict on the barrel 15? At 250, to me, this is a 100% pass. It's not even a bar. To, to further my uh, quandary would be how it became the number one whiskey in Forbes. I'm sure Forbes is a money magazine, and there may be money involved, but I can't imagine anyone that tried the other 14 on that list ranking this number one. Well, when you have money,
1: you can spend money. You you and I are going to be much more discerning on how we spend $250 than somebody who is Forbes' demo. I am probably, I need to borrow this again because I need to figure out, I feel like I've had this twice now one was a really really good experience and one there was some bitterness in there i feel like i need to have a pour right out of a bottle at a bar to make the final judgment if that was good i would say this is a really good bar or bottle share bottle so where i i just want to sit here and think about it logically right i probably could have got that batch nine that was 13 years for 100 bucks that is one hundred and fifty bucks cheaper than what this comes in at. Just I think the better ROI for you is to actually have the batch nine
0: thirteen year. The better ROI is to buy seemingly <laughs> almost anything else, especially at two fifty. Well, how much especially. was this, how
1: much was the the Dickel from Radner? Like forty bucks. So you could, in a
0: sense, get six, and this is a single barrel. 100% Dickel, and it tastes less Dickel than this 15-year tri-blend. But if you're going from a straight numbers play, you could buy a
1: case and still maybe have a little bit left over to go down, get some barbecue when you're done, if you just got the Dickel. So are you trying to talk yourself out of your ranking here? No, I mean, I'm still a bar bar bottle share pending me having this one more time. Fair enough. You want to waste money?
0: Just saying. Don't look at me. I'm just wondering why you're going to blow whatever this cost at a bar. You just give me the money. Let me slap you in the head and tell you you're stupid. Uh-huh. I'm curious. Guess curiosity killed the big cat. <laughs> Maybe.
1: So Zeke, it seems to me like you think I'm crazy. Final verdict. Yeah. And you're a
0: pass on this. It's hard pass all around. I mean, if you like nickel, go for it. The the fact that. Indiana and Kentucky are mentioned on the label. I have no doubt they're part of the blend. This is a very hard dickle profile. This isn't MGP. This isn't whatever Kentucky they sourced. I'm
1: so close to liking this one. A lot. We all make mistakes, John. Oh, well. A mistake you would not make is go ahead and find us on Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us on Twitter at Bourbon Dads. Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Please go ahead and join our Facebook group, Dad Drinking Bourbon. Answer a couple questions. Come on in. I'm sure you're already listening to us on your favorite podcast app. Please leave us an open and honest review. And, Zeke, where else can the folks find us? Good old
0: Music City, USA.
1: Cheers. Ciao.